Welcome to Disability Matters with your host, Joyce Bender. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on the show are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender. And welcome to the show, everyone. Hope you are having a great day as we are kicking off February. I am so excited because we have had such incredible success with our listeners around the world. Hey, Ireland, keep it up. You know, we have listeners in 17 countries, and it's so exciting because I know they're spreading the news of quality of life for people living with disabilities. Well, this year is the 30th anniversary of the signing of the Americans with Disabilities Act, and I have to send out a special shout out to Yoshiko Dart, who I know this is so important to. Yoshiko, we love you. Keep your great leadership and Justin spirit on fire the way you have. Also, to my sponsors, Highmark, lead sponsor for four years. Our new lead sponsor, People's Natural Gas. And how about this? We have a great new sponsor, My Employment Options. And are we not lucky to have the founder and CEO, Paula Yet on our show today? Paula, welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Joyce. I'm really excited about this opportunity to speak. And, and I respect the work you've done for the disability community Uh we share a similar mission, which is to help individuals find suitable, stable, and satisfying jobs, increase their income, and improve their quality of life. Uh, so I, I'm just excited to, to finally get to talk with you. Oh, it is my pleasure, and thank you once again for sponsoring Disability Matters with Joyce Bender, because uh, this is how we are trying to educate companies and empower people with disabilities. As you said, I agree, it is all about employment. Um, So let's start by asking you how you first became involved in the disability community. Well, I got involved in the disability community early in life. I was born into it. Uh, In my family, anxiety and depression runs pretty strong and Let's just say when we compare meds at family reunions. Um, But basically, our mom died of an invisible disability when I was just 16, and she had been sick for many years. And through the help of a job placement person, she went to work at a dentist office. So I just remember with my mom, anyhow, just how much that helped her and helped me give her a little bit of a sense of dignity and respect back. And I, I, I feel like uh, she's been my inspiration to ju- drive to just help one more person. And then my dad, too, he had invisible disabilities. Uh, and when my, my mom died, you know, he singly raised four kids, and he had had a heart attack at 40, and uh, and then he was in a fire. So I, I've been around it my whole life. Well, that makes a difference. You know, it's when you live with a disability, including, as uh, Paula said, not visible, like me, 
Also, I'm living with epilepsy and I'm hard of hearing as a result of an accident I had. But you know, there are a lot of people working in corporate America right now with disabilities. It's just companies don't know they're there because they don't want to raise their hand. And uh, hopefully, as more people with disabilities are hired, other people will say, I'm living with a disability and I'm not ashamed. So, Paula, I'm really excited about my employment options. And uh, I thought you could talk about the organization, what your main offering is, and some of your main programs. Right. Well, I started employment options way back in uh, 1993, and I was I was working as a a rehab counselor in the insurance industry for workers' compensation, and that was great. I I went out and talked to people and and took a long work history and then just tried to place them. And you know, I've always been an entrepreneur, so I ended up starting my own company and doing job placement services for for different places, the, uh, the state VR agencies, and, again, state workers' comp. I would do evaluations where you test everybody. And I also worked in the drug and alcohol rehab field. So I, I started doing job placement years and years ago, and I was really good at placement. I've you know, I had like a 72% placement rate. It was crazy. And uh, and so then when the Ticket to Work program came around, I, I was just so, I was excited by it. Another colleague of mine said, Paula, come on. You're so good at placement. You know, you should be an employment network. Let's, let's form one together. So we did. And that was back in 2003, just when the Ticket program started, just a long time ago. And uh, we were really one of the very first successful employment uh, networks in the whole United States. And the, the, the employment network, for those that don't know, is a free service that is um, that you have choice of providers. So it used to be only voc rehab. If you had a disability, you had to go to the Department of Voc Rehab to get vocational services. And a large organization is never quite as nimble as smaller organizations and smaller specialized organizations. So when the Ticket to Work program came about, uh, it was just a really good fit for me. Um, and we, I started doing job placement. And what's good about it is there's, there's all different kinds of models. Our model is work at home. We specialize in work at home jobs. Uh, we provide virtual services, and uh, we use it through the phone, through the Internet, and we, you know, do all the regular resume writing and uh, coaching. Uh, what's a little bit different about, uh, about our organization is that, uh, that uh, we have a three-step process. We were fairly methodical as, as, as a company. I wrote a couple books, uh, one, Disabilities, Different Abilities, A New Perspective for Job Hunters, and we use this book with, with every client. And in it, there's like a three-step process because 
I feel it's really important to know? know your client first. You've got to understand where they're coming from. And then, you know, you need to teach them the rights. You know, what's legal in a job interview? What's illegal in a job interview? How to get around illegal questions? Um, so, and then there's a section on on just, you know, the, the hard skills, filling out a job application. What do you put down for references? So, I wrote this book because job placement was is just easy for me, and I had a system that worked. And since that time, we've been using this book, and it's, it's been very helpful. Uh, and we have about a 50% placement rate right now, which is crazy in, with the field of people with disabilities. That is unbelievable. Do you find that the majority of these people... Um, are at all levels, or what level are they at? Right. Well, we Experience have a very specific wise. type of population that we can work with virtually. You know, it has to be somebody who can communicate by phone, uh, and it's got to be someone who's, you know, intellectually able to, to go out and fill out a job application on their own. When, when you're not sitting face-to-face to people, it's a little bit different. Uh, but because we specialize in work from home, there are certain skill sets that we look for, and that's, you know, they have to be able to be emotionally stable to work with difficult customers. They have to be able to navigate between multiple screens. They have to many times type 35 words per minute. So when we do our assessment of individuals, we look for people that we think will do well in these these jobs for the people that want work at home jobs, uh, and and we have a really so we we you know there are people who think they would be good at it, and then I talk to them or you know one of my staff does. Um, you know, it went from just me to we have like twenty seven people on board now, and uh, and so you know we. We, we, they don't always work out. Somebody just may not be able to type fast enough. Their disease and their hands is too advanced. And, and because it's such fast-paced work, it's, it's very difficult to accommodate some of the things that, that accommodations that people are looking for. So we, we try to work locally with our communities and, and refer people. We don't ever just say, oh, we can't help you. We always try to help someone. And if, if we can't help them, you know, we, we try to assess for them whether they need training or if, you know, if they better serve by a, a different vocational program, we're pretty connected and try to stay really up on, on, on what's happening in the community. So um, we actually uh, are starting a new program, Social Security uh administration was asking us if, you know, because we, we have a very successful model and they want to increase participation in the Ticket to Work program, uh, they asked us if we would start possibly another employment network, and we did, and we're launching that, and that's to work more with community job placement agencies where we can help funnel some federal funds into these uh, agencies. You know, we know there's really good job placement programs out there. And, uh, we, you know, we, people usually need another, uh, referral source. So we're excited about that. But the big thing for me has always been jobs, you know, 
getting people back to work. And uh, we try to do it as fast as we can. <laughs> well, you know, I always say, without competitive employment, you will never, ever be free in this country. Can't buy a car, can't rent a house, can't buy a house, can't live the American dream until you have employment. And sadly, 70% of people with disabilities are not counted in the workforce, which is horrible. I, For the life of me, I never would have believed when I started the company in 1995 that in 2020, we would still have this high unemployment and 70% of people with disabilities not be counted in the workforce. But my hope is through people like you and your work uh, and as we're you know moving forward, making progress, that that will change because, uh, you know, that's what the Americans with Disabilities Act, that is what it partly was all about, employment. And I can tell that's important to you because you don't just work at this company. You founded, the, you're the founder of this company. So what was it first that caused you to do that? Well, just that belief in, you know, remembering w- with my family just how much that job meant to, to me. But mostly the career found me. I had lived in France and moved back here, and I went to a staffing service and was working for them. And uh, so one day they said, well, uh, Paul, we really like the way you talk on the phone. Uh, would you? We have a job in our office. Would you like to take it? So, of course, me, well, what are the hours? Can you work around my school schedule? <laughs> What's the rate of pay? And I knew the second day on the job that placement was for me. I just knew it. I, I could feel it. And I went from there to the drug and alcohol treatment center, and then I did the voc rehabs and workers' comp and, you know, ticket to work. And, you know, the ticket to work program through Social Security is, is just, to me, it's just a really great, great program. Uh, we were able to get just last year over 500 people back to work. Wow, that is awesome. That is really yeah. great. Well, you yeah, are known really nationally great. as a recognized consultant and speaker and as we see, author on work for people with disabilities. I want your opinion. Why do you think it is so hard for people with disabilities to find work? Or why do you think uh, companies are not embracing employing people with disabilities? What do you think? Well, I think that a lot of people don't know (laughs) what they can do after they've had an accident or injury or disability, they just don't know. They like just so uh, that's one of the reasons that why people don't go back to work. Uh, the other reason is is they they sabotage themselves. They don't really prepare themselves before they go into an interview. And you know, I have people that have said, well, I can only make $860 this year, this month, because that's all Social Security will allow me to make to their employers. So that's not really a a great selling point. That's just something that a person would probably need to just watch their hours. Um, You know, I don't really believe for most people that they have to disclose right away what their disability is. It's more of, you know, how does it affect you? 
Um, and uh, so I think that people, one, don't know what kind of job they can do. Two, then they sabotage themselves um, by, by not knowing their accommodations. They'll go into a company and they'll go, well, I, you know, I can't sit or stand or I can't do this. When they kind of need to be ahead of time, find out what accommodations they might need for this job. So those are two of the biggies. Well, sadly, I think the other one is companies, uh, obviously there's discrimination or we wouldn't have this high unemployment rate. I have, we found employment for over a thousand people. And this is engineers, mathematicians, uh, you know, working in entry level, but all levels of positions. And the majority of people, they do want to work. You know, they they want to work. I would agree with you that more people need uh, preparation, you know, to know what to expect uh, on an interview or the company's expectations, I do tell people that under no circumstances do they need to disclose their disability until, you know, if when they have employment, an offer letter, if for some reason they feel a need, that's up to them. But never would I disclose a disability on an interview. Never. Um but, you know, what you're doing, preparing people for interviews, that part is so critically important. Uh, and obviously, you're finding employment for a lot of people, which is the most important. We're going to get ready to go to break. And then we're going to come back with Paula Vaguette, the founder and CEO of My Employment Options. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. Don't go away. We'll be right back with Paula. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. Since 1985, Bender Consulting Services has served as a national leader in advancing employment of people with disabilities, including veterans with disabilities, with private sector companies, and federal government agencies. Bender assists customers with achieving their diversity and workforce inclusion initiatives by tapping into a talent pool of individuals seeking professional positions, including those in the STEM fields. In addition, Bender services include disability employment consulting, training and technology accessibility through their high test line of service. For more information, please visit www.benderconsult.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You're listening to Disability Matters. If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters. Here's Joyce Bender. 
And welcome back, everyone. If you just joined us, we've been talking to Paula Vallette, the founder and CEO of My Employment Options, someone passionate about the employment of people with disabilities and a sponsor of this radio show, which we so appreciate. Um, Paula, you... See, you know a lot about SSDI and SSI. What what are your employment options for users of SSDI or SSI? Well, once again, we do we specialize in work from home jobs, the technical support jobs, and we're seeing more and more medical jobs and work from home. Uh, but we also uh, help people find jobs in their local community, and it just depends who comes through the doors. Um, we, we look at a person and, and go from there. If they have accounting background and can still do that, then we look for accounting jobs. So that, that changes all the time. Um, so, um, you know, one thing that's different about our employment network um, is that 75% of my staff have disabilities. A lot of them have come through the ranks, and, you know, it, it's so much better when you can talk to somebody who really understands where you're coming from. So I just love the ticket program. Oh, I give you kudos for that. Same thing. My office uh, is like 90% people with disabilities. And the fact that you just said that really, really sets you apart. You know, I always say, don't talk about it. Do it. Uh, so I commend you for having an office filled with people with disabilities. That is awesome. And you're right. It's authentic because you know when you talk to someone that they understand and know what's going on. Um, so you're an authorized Social Security Ticket to Work Employment Network. When you when I think about that, I think about Susan Daniels, who was so sad uh, when we lost her, uh, and I was with her when this program first began. How successful do you think this program has uh, become over the years? Well, I think it's the best government program out there, and I, I too, knew Susan Daniels, and it, it, I, I just really applaud their work with the that was at ADA. Um, And so, yeah, I mean, there was a lot of people very excited about the Ticket to Work program. Uh, It was first launched in 2002. It was a very difficult program to work under because of the way they were paying us. Just really made it very hard to work it without any any overhead, any any, uh, money for almost a year sometimes. So for me, it was easy because I just added on to the services I was already providing, the Vokey Vals and, and uh, for, for different agencies and attorneys. And so I just added it on. So the Ticket to Work program, when, when it came about, it just uh, it was such a good fit and that it just kind of took over my practice. And it was like uh, at one point, about a couple of years after the program started, I, I got a call from Sue Suter in, uh, in Washington, D.C., the Associate Commissioner of Social Security, and she's like, 
Paula, we're so excited about what you're doing. You know, I can't believe how many placements you've got. And I think I had about 17 placements. And, you know, they actually flew me up there and uh, to talk to them. And it, it's wonderful. Uh, it's wonderful. It's just people like Susan Daniels that helped create this program. And now so many people have freedom of choice of who can help them find a job. I know having worked in the voc rehab system, there's absolutely nothing wrong with the vocational rehabilitation system uh, as far as, you know, so many of the workers are so uh, committed to what they do and there's, uh, they they, they help everyone. Um, But it takes a long time sometimes to get the kind of help a person would need just because they do so many different things. And the idea of the Social Security Ticket to Work program of pri- providing choice of providers just makes so much sense. I mean, some of the employment networks, we're not the only one. I, I really believe in the program. You know, some of the employment networks would focus on working with autistic people. Some employment networks might focus on working with college-aged. And so there's different specialties. And so because we are specialized and because so many of the other ENs also have their own way of handling people, there's, uh, it's probably more, we're probably more successful. I'm sure we're more successful in getting people back to work than a big agency that has to do everything. So I, 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 I actually, being an entrepreneur and coming from an entrepreneur dad, um, I believe in the program. Yeah. And I'm excited. Yeah. And, you know, Susan Daniels, what a fireball she was. She she really was a fireball. And I think that's awesome that Sue Suter, that they called you uh, and had you go up. That just shows you at that time how successful you were. Well, it was a difficult program because many vocational rehabilitation counselors, especially people from the private industry, uh, weren't used to, uh, you know, working that way. Um, they weren't used to having to be accountable for their outcomes. And for us, you know, we're outcome-oriented. We, we, we get paid when uh, people make the amount and go to work and meet certain levels Social Security has deemed for that year, and, and then we follow up with people for up to eight years. So it's it's a great program. It's such a long-term program, and we really develop relationships. We're kind of like the little MEO family, and uh, I don't know. There's just been so much success. When I think about some of my staff that have, you know, came in as a client, and then they they're helping so many people now. Lisa Seeley, she uh, she was an agoraphobic in high school in in her high school age when she was a teenager, and she spent a couple of years couldn't leave the house. And little by little, she got better, and uh, now she can even travel to conferences to represent us and job fairs. And she's one of our best uh, work at home counselors. I think she got over, I think she got something like 150 people back to work last year. She's just amazing. And, I mean, the sense of pride that that I feel for her 
you know, just having seen her change from when she first came in, I mean, I think she's been with me about eight or nine years now. So you really see people grow and, and you know, forget at some point almost, almost that they were on disability. Yeah. You, you know, that is a great story. I mean, how your life changes when you gain employment, you gain dignity. I always tell people, the first question you are asked is, what is your name? Number two is, what do you do? And uh, employment employment changes so much. You know, when you were talking about you being an entrepreneur, I know there are programs today for people with disabilities interested in entrepreneurship. I've met so many people over the years. Many of them went into this because they couldn't find employment. But then others went into it and built a very successful company. And today, things have moved so far that Disability Inn has the first certification for disability-owned business enterprise. Uh, I am one of the first certified uh, disability-owned business enterprise. And if any of you listening to the show today, if you are a person with a disability, and you own your own business, then I suggest you get look at Disability in on the website. Get involved because it's going to help you and your business. With that, we're going to get ready to go to break. If you just joined us, we are talking today about my employment options with the founder and CEO, Paula, we're so thrilled to have you with us. We'll be right back. Don't go away. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Since 1985, Bender Consulting Services has served as a national leader in advancing employment of people with disabilities, including veterans with disabilities, with private sector companies, and federal government agencies. Bender assists customers with achieving their diversity and workforce inclusion initiatives by tapping into a talent pool of individuals seeking professional positions, including those in the STEM fields. In addition, Bender services include disability employment consulting, training and technology accessibility through their high test line of service. For more information, please visit www.benderconsult.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You're listening to Disability Matters. If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters. Here's Joyce Bender. Hey, welcome back, everyone. We're talking to Paula Bayette, founder and CEO of My Employment Options, someone that has invested their life in 
working for the employment of people with disabilities, and we need that help every single day. Um, you know, anyone that works in employment is a hero to me. That's what I always say. Uh, so I wanted to talk a little bit about your um books that you have authored, which I was so impressed. You are an author of both Disabilities, Different Abilities, A New Perspective for Job Hunters, and Employment Options, The Ultimate Resource for Job Seekers with Disabilities and Other Challenges. Can you tell us about those books? Sure. Well, the first book we talked a little bit about, that I wrote it actually right after the ADA was initiated. And I was doing defense, I was a vocational evaluator in a a workers' comp case. And the plaintiff attorney says, well, uh, John didn't tell this prospective employer about his bad back. So, you know, why did you tell my client to lie? And I was flabbergasted. I'm like, I did not tell your client to lie. I advise your client about his rights under the ADA. And... But I didn't have any proof that I'd done that. So I said, well, you know, I need to write a book because, you know, I do the same thing with my clients each time. These are, these are things that work for me. You know, I, I just realized that there was just such a need. There was no other book out there that explained what to say when there was illegal questions. All the, all the HR directors knew, but it was always my clients were the ones that were spilling their guts and, and like basically you know, it didn't help them in the interview process. So I wrote that because I needed something to use. And then I wrote an instructor's guide because I, I, it's a systematic method that's replicable. And, and so I started training other counselors. And so that, that was really great. And, and then I felt like I still had some knowledge that I still had one more thing to go. I can't really counsel everybody who needs help. Uh, so I wrote another book, and that's pretty much for the basic general population. Uh, I think a lot of skill sets that we have, being a rehab counselor, a job placement counselor, um, translates into other, uh, other populations as well. We work with the veterans. We, you know, we work with older workers, and you know, how to write a resume that uh, that's changing. That when you're doing a job change, how to do that. So there's a lot of examples that I think are is really really good information for people. Uh, I, I hate when people, for example, go to school. Uh, they go out oh, for a while. Everybody was going to school to be a draftsman. And then they got out of the classes and there weren't any jobs. So when I was doing evaluations for the state, they, they had me call all the different, uh, all the different companies that would, would need that person, like motorcycle jobs for motorcycle repair. And so I would call. And so I just put these strategies that I used uh, into the book. Uh, it really, um, I, I think it's helped a lot of people. You know, a question that I have, uh, Paula, when I was reading about your two books, what is the difference? For, what I mean by that, can the public at large purchase both books or only one book? 
No, they're 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 all for sale. Um, I think we sell them. We we sell them on our website on, on Amazon. And the difference between the books are the, the disabilities different ability book is really more of some a tool to use with a vocational counselor. Uh, for example, the first section there's an area that you know says ask you know have you list your strengths and uh, what shift you want to work first second or third. And so when I use this with a client, um, I look at these answers, you know, what's their values, and, and I interpret them and, and match them to different jobs. For example, I had a guy who, I'll call him Benny, uh, that wrote down that he wanted to work third shift. And this guy, he had been out of work for probably eight years, and he told me he wanted to work third shift. I mean, most counselors always assume that people want to work first shift. But by asking that, I was able to all of a sudden pinpoint some jobs that, you know, are frequent uh, in uh, the third shift. I mean, he could have worked in a 7-Eleven or something. Uh, A lot of those are all nights or security guard, right? And uh, he loved the idea of security guard. We sent him for his uh, license, and within a month or two, he was working. So that's... That's the strength of assessment. If you really take the time before you start running around trying to set them up with job leads and really take the time to understand people's skills and abilities and how their disability is affecting them and how to accommodate that disability. And that first book, The Disabilities, Different Abilities, is what I is part of my assessment tool. Uh, what I, that's my philosophy is getting to know somebody first, uh, there's nothing worse than a bad job fit, and and we know a lot about the jobs. We know about different kinds of emotional requirements of jobs or physical. So then, but I said, well, you know, the other book, Employment Options, uh, is more of something I feel like libraries and one-stops and career centers should have because it 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 expands it to people who are, Leaving the uh, leaving the workplace or or coming out of the military, I have different sections on special populations and uh, different emotional responses, kinds of things that a rehab counselor would talk about with their clients. So they're they're really very uh, they're different purposes for these books. Well, you know what? First of all. Thank you so much for being with us today. I want. What is your website, Paula? Myemploymentoptions.com. Myemploymentoptions.com. This is a good lady. This is a good organization. Make sure you check it out. But before we end the show today, we have our anchor coming in, Perry Jude Radisick, to give us a news update. Perry, are you with us? Joyce, I am, and thank you for having us on. I love having you on. <laughs> well, I'm always grateful. Uh, it's a great opportunity. Uh, so, Joyce, uh, what I want to talk about is how, how advocacy really does matter. And in this case, how it worked to have Amtrak reverse course on a $25,000 disability pricing policy. And, and many of your listeners may have heard that a few weeks ago, 
staff members from Access Living, Chicago Center for Independent Living, provided advance notice and tried to book tickets from Chicago to Bloomington, Illinois, for a group group trip for 10 individuals, including five chair users. Now, that trip normally costs $16 per person. Amtrak told Access Living they had to pay $25,000 for two of the individuals instead of the $16 per person because Amtrak had to remove a row of seats to accommodate the extra chair users. Unbelievable. Now, unbelievable. Access Living asked the community to respond, and advocates moved into action. They started using a Twitter hashtag, and it was hashtag Amtrak Access Now on social media. The congressional delegation, some members of the congressional delegation in Illinois responded, started writing and meeting with the head of Amtrak, Mr. Richard Anderson. And the Associated Press reports that Amtrak rescinded the policy. So this is a story where advocacy mattered. And so we know many of us have Amtrak that goes through our communities. So if you want to let Amtrak know how you feel about this issue, you use the hashtag Amtrak Access Now, or you write to Mr. Richard Anderson, the CEO of Amtrak, and you can find all of that information on disabilityrightspa.org. So we know that we still have so many barriers with Amtrak where we have to go through those barriers to try to get on to these Amtrak trains. So, again, if you want to let Amtrak know how you feel about this, we have Mr. Anderson's address on our webpage. We have all of the information you need to know to educate yourself about what just happened in Chicago. We have uh, the, the Illinois Congressional Delegation's letter to Amtrak, and we have the news stories about this. So, Here's a case where advocacy mattered, Amtrak reversed its policy, and you can do something about this even for your own community. So advocacy matters, and thank you, Joyce, always for having us on. Wow, that is amazing. That is a great story. This is Perry Jude Radisick. She's the CEO of Pennsylvania Disability, I mean, Disability Rights Pennsylvania, which I'm so honored to be on the board. And... Perry is on every show, Advocacy Matters, giving us a news update, sort of like CNN, and she does a great job. Perry, thank you so much for calling sure. in. Sure. Thanks, Joyce. Take care. You're, you're welcome. Paula, isn't it amazing what uh, a group of people working together can do? I'm all about, I'm all about alliances. Uh, we've got to stick together and have a voice. Yep, that's right. So, Paula, who do you consider your role model? Well, my dad is probably the strongest one. He he always had his own businesses. He had a car dealership, and then he was a, he had a subdivision that he was the general contractor, and then he started writing books and 
creating organizations, but I worked in his offices when I was young, stamping envelopes and listened to him, and he actually taught me job placement. Uh, when I came back from France with Jean-Pierre, he says, well, Jean-Pierre, what can you do? And he says, I can work on cars. And I started calling all the auto mechanic stores near him, and uh, he had an interview for the next day. <laughs> so I, I really have to credit my dad for that. And he also was who comes into my my head a lot when, you know, it's tough running a business. Uh, and I I listened to his words, you know. Run the business, don't let the business run you, and his persistence, you know, seven times to make a sale. So my dad, uh, he was a great role model. I also have some people on my board of directors that sure inspire me, of Jane Strong, and she's she's like a mentor to me, uh, and she manages her own company, and uh, she's always still able to be involved in the community and, and... uh, and and she's real smart about you know some of the business things, so so those were my uh, there's a lot of people that that really inspire me. My clients inspire me every day. I had this well, one guy. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. I ha- I had this one guy. I'll call him John, and he contacted me and. Uh, through a, a GoFundMe account and called me and said, I I can't work anymore. Uh, my bone cancer has come back. And uh, <clears throat> we're about to get evicted from our apartment. And I have two teenagers, and I'm just reaching out for money. So we, we have, uh, we always will we'll send something to people in need like that. And two weeks later, I got a call from him again, and he says, Paul, I guess what? The company I worked with last year, they called me up and they have a seasonal position for me. And this guy was four-stage bone cancer, and he's working from his bed. Wow. I know. That's that's persistence. Yeah, that is persistence. And see what that did for him? Employment? See what that did for him? Unbelievable. It changes lives every day. Every day, I, you, you know, you watch lives change right before your eyes. People say to me, well, Paul, why do you still do this? Aren't you ready to retire? Well, yeah, but, you know, I still can. I'm able to do it. For me, for some reason, it's easy. Um, and so I'm grateful for that ability, and it makes people's lives so much better. I mean, there's one person after another. Well... Yeah, you you are really doing so much, so much good. Uh, before we go, for all of our listeners, what what could we do to help you, Paula? Well, if if you know someone on Social Security disability that would like to try to go back to work, just give them ask, give them our address. Uh, let tell them about it. They're really. There's so many people that don't know about the Ticket to Work program that could benefit. I mean, we're trying to reach the 100,000 mark, and there's, what, 40 million people in America that have disabilities. So there's a lot more people that we could reach. And if you have a disability yourself and think about going back to work, but you're really worried about losing your Social Security disability or your Social Security income, uh, if you're the age 
between 18 and 64, then you qualify for the Ticket to Work program. You don't need to have a ticket or call Social Security. We can, we can verify that, that you are in the Ticket to Work program. So keep an open mind. People don't lose their cash benefits right away. We have a benefit counselor on staff that guides you every step of the way. And if you want to just talk to somebody about what it might be like to go back to work, we'll, we'll give us a call. Uh, a lot of our, Lori, uh, for example, is another one of my staff that uh, had a disability in, in her ch- in teenage years, and now it's just incredible. And she loves to talk to people about about her experience. So reach out and don't, don't ever give up. Uh, there, you know, there's always a better life. We can always find something to help a little bit. Well, <clears throat> I appreciate what you're doing. And what is your website? It's myemploymentoptions.com. Myemploymentoptions.com. Uh, you know, right. if you're interested in reaching Paula, that's the best way to find her and spread the news. You know, I want to tell you before we go, you can listen to my show on demand from Voice America, you know, their live internet talk radio's website. Or you can subscribe to the show from your favorite podcast app like Apple, Spotify, Google, or Stitcher. If you go to Apple or Spotify, you can subscribe to this show and you always know who is going to be on next. And you'll be able to share the show you just heard right now with Paula. Paula, thank you again. Uh, We loved having you, and we end every show with a quote, and today that quote is from John Wooden, who said, success is peace of mind in knowing you did your best. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. We will talk to you next week with my guest, Gary Dick, Senior Vice President, Chief Information Officer from Highmark Health. Talk to you then. Voice America would like to thank you for tuning in. Please join us next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time for another installment of Disability Matters right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. We are the leader in live Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com.